Welcome to this week's episode of Dylan's Vlog and Podcast. Thanks for joining me. This is something that I've been doing weekly to try and document my journey uh, through managing a portfolio of businesses uh, while continuing to learn and sharing my learnings with other entrepreneurs that might find themselves in the same place. The way I do that is I take a look at my Twitter feed and I pop out some of the tweets that um, uh, I think are interesting and try to share what I was thinking about as I was tweeting them in hopes that someone else finds it interesting and maybe it resonates with them. Being an entrepreneur is lonely, and so as I share my story, I do this because uh, maybe another entrepreneur will get some comfort or will get some encouragement from knowing that they're not by themselves trying to build their business and do whatever it is they're trying to do, that there are other people out there doing that, and I am one of them. Uh, looking to be transparent and open and share my struggles as well as the things that I'm winning at in hopes that, I don't know, maybe someone else can benefit from it. But ultimately, I'm also trying to meet other people because I think this is a great a great way to do that. Uh, Twitter's been great. LinkedIn's a lot of fun. And uh, there's no point doing this alone. You might as well do it with other people. And uh, so that's what I try to do on these episodes. I usually start off by just going through some tweets, but the first thing I wanted to share was I've started listening to this podcast called My First Million. And it's taken me... I don't know, it's taken me a couple of weeks to kind of get used to it, but now um, the two hosts, uh, I'm just going to have to look them up here, Sam, hang on, let's just see who they are here, so Sam Parr, I think is one of them, uh, Sam Parr and Shay Piri, they're both on Twitter, I think that's where I first heard about it, and they just talk, they just do this thing where they just talk about interesting things, they both had some exits and some success in their life. They're part of like the HubSpot uh, podcast network. I don't know of any other podcasts on that network, but I find these guys interesting. So if you're an entrepreneur, you just want to hear a couple guys talk. They, they, they've, they've got a pretty interesting dynamic between the two of them. They've got some interesting personalities. So maybe I'll drop the link in the, let's make a note here, show notes, so that you can take a look at that podcast if you're looking for something other than my great podcast to listen to. All right, the first tweet actually comes on the back of last week's episode, and just going to do a little screen share here, and I'm sure I'm not the only entrepreneur that wrestles with this, but uh, it was that um, uh, this one here, <laughs> being an entrepreneur is not for the faint of heart. One minute you are flush with cash, uh, the next you're wondering where the next dollar is, and I don't know if I'm alone in that, but I think I was just having a week, let's see, the 11th, uh, when was that? That's like a Tuesday. See, it wasn't like a payroll week or anything, but I certainly had cash on my mind, probably because I'm trying to figure out how to get uh, a real estate property for the two businesses that uh, need a building. Um, our construction business needs one, transport business we need to expand, and so I'm just constantly, constantly thinking about cash, but who doesn't think about cash? If you're an entrepreneur, you're not thinking about cash, Good for you, <laughs> but probably not my, but you're probably not my peer group. In my peer group, there just never seems to be enough. We reinvest back all of our cash back into the businesses, keep growing them and doing things with them. And it's very hard to take cash out of a business. I don't know if you've ever noticed that. A good friend of mine runs a business quite a bit larger than the combined uh, value of what I'm working on. And uh, he just has the same complaint. You know, Dylan, we can make the money, but we can never take it out because we're either buying more inventory or we're, you know, buying bigger space because we need to somewhere to store all our inventory. So it's very hard to like take cash out. I did want to share one of the things I do about cash though. And this is something that as I talk to entrepreneurs and 
share with them kind of what my my playbook is one of the things i do is i have this like eight week cash flow that i do and i take our accounts receivable take our accounts payable i do it week over week so based on the due date of either the the bill or the invoice i just kind of map it out on eight weeks so here's all our cash that's going to come in here's all our cash that's going to go out and then it shows me week to week where my overages and my unders are i've always found that budgeting on a monthly basis for a business is really really hard because there's a lot of things that a month will show you but doesn't really translate well in a real live week like on a payroll week your cash goes to heck right and that payroll week might coincide with a bunch of lease payments that come out of your bank account or for me that's what it is anyway you got all of our vehicle leases come out and then car insurance comes out and the gas card payment comes out and then you've got payroll and so anyway I find it's mis it's very hard to manage cash on a month to month basis just on a simple budget and it's much much easier for me to do it on an 8 week rolling basis. So I just sort of have opening balance. Here's what I think is coming in. Here's what I think is going out based on the date of my invoices and my bills and then here are all my pre-authorized payments that are going to get ding 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 ding. And then it kind of just gives me like a over under for the week and then I know I either have to make sure that we if we have an expense that we have to pay I kind of kick it out a week. If we get flush with cash, then I'll usually pull in a bunch of expenses from say the the you know the next week or the week after that, so that we always have what we need. And so far, uh, it's worked. But I think on this particular day, I might have been feeling the pressure of um, either being flush with cash or probably uh, not having enough, as is often the case. So I don't know. If you're an entrepreneur, that's how I deal with it. Um, I don't usually get stressed out about it too much. I've learned. Um, I probably learned just ahead of COVID. COVID was was a good reminder of how important it is to really have a good sense of how how much money your business is spending and where it's all going. And there's no point talking about about cash if you don't have any profit. And so then that sort of forces you to work backwards to say, okay, is our business actually profitable? Like, do we make make money or do we just move it around? And so being able to have a profitable business means that you end up at certain points having excess cash flow over and above what your monthly burn is. And then as an owner, you can decide how you want to take that money out or whether you want to pay down debt or what have you. Um, so I don't generally freak out about money because the businesses that we're running are profitable. If I have moments of a panic attack, it's maybe because the cash doesn't like hit my bank account on the days that I need it. Uh, we try to run very, very low accounts payable. So we try to match um, invoices with payables so that we're not running any kind of deficit. And um, so that's also part of my personality. I like sleeping at night. And so I have to know where our cash is. And if you're an entrepreneur and you find yourself freaking out about cash flow, the first thing to do is just figure out, is your business profitable and is it generating cash? And then if it is generating cash, what's your mechanism for managing where all of that cash is going? So anyway. That was a tweet. Uh, I, I, mean, I don't know. Maybe you got some tips for me on how I can do a better job managing cash so I'm not tweeting things like one minute you're flush with cash and the next minute you're not. Um, the other tweet that I had that I wanted to spend a little bit of time talking about is uh, this one here that says, uh, for those of you running a startup, you may get tired of hearing this, but stop adding features and start talking to your prospects and your users. It might be paper, but you don't know what you don't know until you start engaging with your prospects and users. And I think right behind that following day, yeah, I tweeted something about uh, Andrew Gazdecki, who uh, has a, a, a company called Microacquire, which is pretty cool. And if you don't know who Andrew 
Gazdecki is, and you don't know who, what micro acquire is, you should check it out. I, I won't waste time talking about it, but Andrew's pretty cool. He's on Twitter. He's a great marketer. I mean, the guy just lives and breathes it, and uh, it's extremely frustrating that he's so good at it, but it's great. He's uh, He does a great job on LinkedIn, does a great job on Twitter, and uh, is certainly, um, this is not his first rodeo. But anyway, he, he makes a lot of comments all the time um, about, um, you know, doing everything very manually first and then automating. And so my tweet that kind of goes behind that last one was micromanage the experience for your app or product or service and then automate with software. Doing it the other way is a colossal waste of time and no one um, will use your thing the way you picture it, do the work and then automate. And I think I was kind of on this whole track of doing that. Let me see. I think there was another one I had in here. No, maybe not. Anyway, the general idea is where, as you know, I've got two online platforms that I'm trying to build some traction on. One of them is an on-demand labor service. The other one is an online business evaluation platform. You know, both look great on paper. And now that we are, we've spent uh, so far this year looking to build traction, get traction, market traction, that sort of thing. It's actually a real lot of work. But aside from the work of marketing and sales and, and everything that's involved over there, what I found with both of these platforms is that they're not being used or the problems that I'm having are not problems I could have ever anticipated. And the online on-demand labor platform in particular is extremely frustrating because I seem to, um, I don't know, the people that are using it just seem to hit all the, the blind spots um, that I didn't, I didn't know about when we launched it. And it's good. You know, I'd rather get through them sooner rather than later. But even today, uh, we, put, we ran another project through it, uh, a couple of guys for five days. You know, it's about a $1,600 uh, project on the platform. Um, you know, but we had an issue with a worker who was having problems with their bank account connecting it and, and kind of had to sort of work through a process with our customer server, or, or actually our success coordinator is, what we, is how we refer to her. You know, and she's frustrated because the worker's frustrated. And so anyway, the, just this idea that you can build it on paper, that's very cool, but a lot of times you just have to get going and you just have to manually connect all the pieces, connect all the dots. And then as you see uh, a rhythm in the pieces and in the dots, then you can start automating it with software. You can start layering on features. I mentioned a few episodes ago that when I launched the platform within the first week of having our, our labor platform launched, we had to relaunch it and pull back just a ton of features that were way, way, way too early for the user base. And you know, there really is no other way to say it. You just got to get out there and get people using whatever it is you're doing, your product or your service. And and you can't overthink it. Uh, I was one of those guys that didn't believe that. And certainly this year, I'm, I'm having to deal with it every single day that I want to get working on a feature. I want to get busy building something only to realize that, wait a minute, this is not the right time. Let's park that. Let's put it on the shelf. And let's just make sure that what we're doing is working and that it's working really, really well before we try to do something else with it. So if you're an entrepreneur and you're trying to do the same thing, in particular a startup, you've got this great idea and maybe you're getting some early traction uh, like we are. Just keep leaning into it, but manually manage the pieces until there's a rhythm. And then as there's a rhythm, then you can build something to accommodate it. Um, because if you do it any other way, then you're just going to waste your time and it's going to be frustrating and, and you're not going to get to where, um, where you want to get to. I heard this thing. I don't know. I think I've share, I share this story all the time. I always forget who I've told it to and who I've not told it to. But I heard about this university in the United States. After they built it, they didn't bother putting down the sidewalks. 
the engineers or whoever was, was responsible for it just said, we're going to just watch how people naturally walk around the campus. And then as they walk around the campus, they're going to put a wear path in the grass and in the field. And then after time, we're just going to go ahead and put sidewalks where people organically have been walking. And that's always stuck with me as an idea. And now that I'm four months into launching these two platforms and really trying to make them work, uh, I can really see some value in not getting too far ahead of the idea and just letting it work. So um, I don't know, if you're an entrepreneur, maybe maybe you needed to hear that. Maybe you needed to hear that you can't get too far ahead of yourself. Um, the next tweet that I wanted to share was one from, let me just make sure I can pull it up here. And if you're not on Twitter, it's great. It's... Uh, it is um, for sure a cesspool, no question about it. But if you end up really curating your, um, if you really end up curating your feed like I have, and you really f focus hard on following smart, sharp people, um, you know, I don't use it for news. I don't really, I don't use it for entertainment. Although there is some funny stuff that people post, I really do use it to find out what other entrepreneurs are doing. Certainly, living in the city that I live in, we don't have a huge ecosystem. Um, not as big as some of the other places, like anywhere in the United States is larger than the city that I live in. And so it's so great to see what other companies are doing in traditional businesses, in tech startups, in um, online drop service, uh, CPG companies. I, I'm just learning so much from being on Twitter. So I'd encourage you as an entrepreneur, just jump on Twitter, be a fly on the wall, but find a way to follow active business owners because they share some really great stuff. And again, it's on the right day, it's nice to see that other people are, are fighting the same battles that you're fighting. But there's this one fellow that I follow, Bryant Sullentrop, and he runs, uh, I think he runs a whole bunch of businesses now that I come to think of it. Let's see here. Yeah, small business owner, uh, runs a staffing company. Um, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, and, and so anyway, runs a virtual assistant company and a cleaning company, I think, as well. But he had posted something um, that had said someone booked a sales call with us last week. Early on, it was obvious that they were just trying to learn about the business model, trying to figure out how to copy us. What did I do? I answered all of their questions. Why? Because we're growing our VA placement agency through execution and hard work. Now I'm just motivated to grow and scale even faster. If you're reading this, please let us know. We're absolutely going to crush you. So this is some of the humorous stuff that I have found, but it, it did get me thinking because I ended up talking about it this morning with my general manager at one of our shops. And this idea that as an entrepreneur, you think what you're doing is so unique. You think it's so special. And that's not to say that maybe it isn't for a moment because the rest of the market, the markets are pretty efficient. Mar the rest of the market will figure out what you're doing. And I've always adopted the same type of idea. Just share all your secrets, share all your stuff. I think Tesla and Elon shared all their patents for everything they were working on because the, the ideas themselves are just that. They're just ideas. They, they don't do anything on their own. It's not until you can take an idea, put effort into it and execute on it that it really turns into something. And even if you were neck to neck with, I don't know, maybe there are four or five competitors in your particular marketplace, like one of, actually two of our businesses are hugely competitive. And we learn all the time, whether we win or lose a job, win or lose a customer, we do a postmortem, try to figure out why. And and honestly, we love healthy competition because we tend to think we're pretty good at what we do. And so I've always taken the approach, be transparent. If someone asks a question, I mean, maybe you don't give up all the secret sauce, but you certainly don't need to pretend everything's a big secret. Um, because the more that you share, the more it actually tells you about what your competition 
is doing. And, um, and I've always said they'll, you know, our competitors will only ever see, see where we have been, but they're never going to see where we are going. And when I sit down and talk to other entrepreneurs that aren't in my business or aren't in my marketplace, I know where I'm trying to take these businesses. And so as I share what I'm doing, uh, they share what they're doing. You tend to get some new ideas. You tend to get maybe a better way of doing something that you thought was going to go, you know, down this path, but instead it's going to go down this path. So as I listened, as I listened, as I read Bryant's uh, tweet about someone that was interviewing him to try and learn about his virtual assistant business, uh, I had tweeted back and on the podcast wanted to share that as an entrepreneur, I think there's a lot of value in sharing what you're doing. Um, there's more than enough business for everybody. Uh, yeah, competition matters. I'm not sure how much it matters when you're as small as uh, certainly our businesses are. I think if you know if you're Walmart or you're Amazon or you're Netflix or you're Google or you're Microsoft, competition means something different. Um, but at our level, honestly, I think we're all just entrepreneurs trying to figure out how to do what we do, provide for ourselves or for our families or for our staff and our colleagues. And so sharing never should should be a problem. And if you're too scared to share. Um, I don't know if you're too scared to share, maybe that says more about you and your confidence in what you're building than it does about the actual person who's asking and maybe trying to dig in a little bit. So, um, again, as I said last week, you know, if, um, I had mentioned if you're an entrepreneur and you want to be motivated or be inspired, just go get around, you know, your local college or your local university, start hanging around a bunch of young people who are pitching their ideas at startup functions or, are taking university courses and they have to do like a, a business presentation or something like that like just go do that as an entrepreneur be a mentor be a participant and this week i would say find other entrepreneurs that are in um that are actively trying to grind it out like you are um and grind not in a negative way or in a in like a hustle kind of cool TikTok twitter way no i just mean hustling it out or grinding it out trying to do the best job that you can every day by providing a stable work environment, a profit, you know, trying to build a profitable business because that's really hard. It's easy to start a business. Um, it's, it's pretty easy to um, to start it, to run it, but it's very hard to make it profitable. Like making profit is hard work and uh, you don't have to be super smart. I'm, I'm not particularly smart. I just borrow everyone else's ideas. Um, but I, I do try to put in the time and put in the reps and do and do the work. So if you've you know, as an entrepreneur, if you find like you're just hitting the wall, you're not getting where you need to be, just go talk to some other entrepreneurs, figure out what they're doing in their business, ask what some of their secret sauce is. Um, I'm always happy to talk about the secret sauce in our business because I know how hard it's been for us to do it. And if you can do it better, quicker, faster than we can, then awesome. And I'll be curious to see what you do with it so that I can then try to one-up you. Um, but if you want to talk, I'd love to connect as well. I'm on Twitter, I'm on LinkedIn, and this podcast, this vlog is meant to try and uh, connect with other entrepreneurs and build a little bit of a, I don't know, like a little bit of a social circle that we can all share our wins and our victories with and, and have somewhere to land when things aren't going maybe the way we want. So thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. Check out my first million, uh, the podcast. Again, I'll put it in the show notes. And um, if you want to reach out to me, that'd be kind of cool too. But I will be here again next week. <laughs>